Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, author and life coach, Stephen Shaw. Stephen, my friend, how are you? It's a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm really awesome, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm so good. I've been looking forward to this conversation since you and I connected earlier in the year, and I know that it's going to be a very powerful conversation. That said, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Right. So my kind of backstory is um, my childhood was a strong influence on me, like most people. And uh, my mother had severe bipolar disorder, and that created an atmosphere at home that was very unsettling and threatening. And that definitely shaped my emotions. And then I lost her when she was when I was five years old. So I grew up with my dad from five years old. And my dad was a man of his time. So he was not very emotional or affectionate. I think it was just the way people were then, men. And um, he was more about growth and achievement and you know, making sure you, you get somewhere in life. Um, so I kind of landed up in a situation where from a very young age, I was looking for love and fulfillment because I just wasn't getting it from a lack of mother and a father who was more sort of stoic. At the same time, I also was born with this insatiable curiosity. It, just, it was inside of me from, from year dot. And I wanted to know everything about everything. And I wanted to know how to, how to make life better, how to improve people's lives. It was always inside of me. So my kind of drivers in life have been this need to know and to learn everything about life, which is why inevitably I became a life coach. And the second thing was understanding love and fulfillment, including self-love and what it means and how to feel more loved and happy inside and fulfilled. So these things drove me extremely hard in life and they kind of weaved the whole pattern of my life. And um, I mean, you kind of have these drivers, right? But life happens to you along the way. So, you know, I went through normal school like most people and I was bored out of my mind of school. I don't know why we had to learn these bizarre subjects that had no relevance to life. Still don't get that at all. Um, I was really happy to go to university, though. I spent seven years studying psychology, a passion of mine, and it was a totally different thing. Suddenly, I was motivated. I was getting straight A's. I even got merit bursaries in two years for free. It was a totally different thing, which shows you the power of doing what you love and, and studying what you love. Um, and then, unfortunately, along the way, you know, in my 20s, I got married and divorced very quickly because I was married to a woman when I was 21. And a year later, I came home to find her in bed with my best friend. And that brought up all the old issues of childhood, like self-love, worthiness. And that but that was a defining moment at 21. I hadn't yet started studying psychology. But that moment was when I said to myself, I need to really understand what I'm about, emotional issues, self-love, and how to create profound 
intimate relationships. So that, that was another driver that pushed me really hard um, to become not just a life coach, but an intimacy coach, first for myself, and then obviously to give what I learned to other people. I also had a few other experiences like most of his life. At 25, I was viciously attacked by three men um, and told that it was the last hour of my life. And I developed severe PTSD, which stuck with me for years. And it was a brutal thing. And PTSD obviously is fascinating. You can get it from being in a war situation, conflict. Uh, you can get it from a severe car accident, from rape, all sorts of things. So PTSD has many different precursors, but it's really hard to get rid of. It creates a state in your brain of fear and vigilance and hard to calm down and relax. And unfortunately, that affected some of my romantic relationships too. So the whole time, these things are shaping me and I'm driven and learning, whether it's through books or doing seminars and courses. I was looking for the best of the best in life. And then I got to a point where I was very successful in life. I was earning lots of money. I had a, a learning and development consultancy. Life was really good. And um, I, I got to a point there where I just felt I hadn't got the final thing I was looking for. I wanted the ultimate answers in spirituality, in metaphysics, in the meaning of life, in fulfillment and, and true success. And then at 39 years old, I just said, I'm going to give up everything. Pack my life into, into a backpack. I sold everything, gave everything away. And I traveled the world for 10 straight years with one singular mission. That's to find the ultimate answers in life. You know, I'd, I'd gone through the books and the seminars and, and the education. And by all means, on earth, I looked like I was super successful. But I wasn't fulfilled, deeply, deeply fulfilled. And that was what I was searching for. And I, I realized at 39 that success minus fulfillment equals a life crisis. Now, most of us are struggling for success and health and wealth and so forth. But those things do not make you truly happy. What makes us happy is fulfillment. So I spent these 10 years traveling to Tibet and Peru and a whole different range of countries and looking for what I call the apex teachers. In other words, the people at the top of the pyramid, the people who really knew what they were talking about, who had real power, real knowledge. And it took a long time to get to those teachers and a lot of costs involved and emotional costs and, and some financial costs. And the long and the short of it is I came out of those 10 years writing 12 books, which became bestsellers and um, becoming a really good life coach and an intimacy coach because I had now conquered everything. I had finally found the deepest self-love, profound fulfillment, understood the meaning of life. Everything was right in my life. I mean, real fulfillment. And the beautiful thing then is I could go out and share that with other people. I like to think of it as having a, a basket of jewels, you know, precious jewels. And when your basket is overflowing with jewels, you naturally will just give them away to other people because you, you've arrived, you found it. And bear in mind, this took me, you know, decades of multiple learning and life experiences. But when I arrived and I finally found this profound love and self-fulfillment, I was then able to profoundly affect other people's lives. So that's kind of where I am today. We'll be right back to the show, my friend. But I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can 
learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Very beautiful, man. I actually, I resonate with a lot of that because when I was 32, I sold everything I owned and I took a one-way trip to Asia and I spent all this time just deeply introspective writing my first book, um, you know, doing martial arts, meditating, sitting on the beach, just, you know, things that had escaped me, that that calm, that peace, the, the lack of chaos, which, you know, I, I think frequently we grow through the discomfort of our decisions and, and, and stillness for me was the yeah. ultimate discomfort. And I asked myself, what do I really need to get deeper into who I am? Yeah. You know, I think one of the struggles that, that we all have innately is, is seeking that space of fulfillment and, and grace and hope and all of the things mm-hmm. that make humanity mm-hmm. really beautiful. And, and I think people are often seeking the meaning of life. And I've come to find, for me at least, and obviously I'm going to ask you, but for me it's just being okay with the reflection in the mirror and giving and being of service to others. And so I'm curious for you, Stephen, what, what is the meaning of life? Yeah, that's um, interesting what you said. It correlates strongly with what I have experienced too. For me, I found that fulfillment comes down to three things. In essence, it's learning to do what you love, which is basically expressing who you are and being that person. If you can't do it full-time, at least as a hobby, right? Because some people have to work in jobs they don't enjoy. But the first part of fulfillment is doing what you love in life. The second thing is having fulfilling, intimate relationships. And that's hard. You know, there's a lot of techniques in that. And that's why I'm an intimacy coach. And then I feel like if you have an awesome intimate relationship and you're doing what you love in life that covers about 80 to 90 percent of your fulfillment that's about you and then the, the final 10 percent is what i call service that's giving to other people and it kind of for people it can be different it could be 80 20 or 70 30 but you do have to try and get yourself in a good place in life in terms of your love life and doing what you love and then finding ways to serve now i know when we say service some people think wow i mean how can i serve other people i've got so many things on my plate. Maybe I'm a parent, I've got children, I'm doing a full-time job, it's taking many hours. But service is crucial to helping fulfillment. And it could be just being a parent. I mean, having kids is a huge sacrifice and a lot of service, I think. I haven't got kids myself, but I've seen it. It looks like a lot of work, right? And also service could be helping a charity or making donations. Sometimes service, that 10% or 20%, is just leaving a legacy on this earth. He's saying, I don't understand fully why I'm here, what life's all about, but let me at least leave this place better than I found it, you know? Leave a beautiful footprint on this earth. And I find that for anybody, whether you're an atheist atheist or a religious person, leaving a footprint on this earth is something that makes you feel really fulfilled. Sometimes it's just reaching out to people around you and just being kind. And that's a rarity these days, right? No more trolling and babbling on social media, but just finding ways to be kind with your words and your actions. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love that you use the word kind. It's one of my personal values <clears throat> because kindness is everything. Like it really is. And, you know, I, I think that that is a, a journey we each must discover independently. 
I want to dive into intimacy for a moment because I I think it's an incredibly important conversation. Mm. And and I think often like people kind of misunderstand intimacy, Mm. right? And they they think it's just sex and Mm. orgasms and Mm. that shit. And it's not. (laughs) And so what what I would love is two things, Stephen. One is first and foremost, talk about your journey to finding intimacy after having that experience at 25 years old and and what that actually means to you now looking at intimacy being such a huge facet of what you believe leads to fulfillment yeah this is this is actually fantastic because my journey is a journey as a human being and as a man i mean we have to understand that there are aspects of who you are that create certain ways of thinking, feeling, and perceiving. So for example, if you are born a man, you generally have a fair amount of testosterone, right? And that can also affect the way you are in relationships because sometimes testosterone can drive you to be an achieving orientation instead of focusing on intimacy and connection, right? Whereas uh, human beings that have more estrogen are naturally more social connectors and intimacy. So there's various aspects of this. And I think my journey is, is beautiful because it's not just as a human being, it's also as a man. And moving away from my father, who was my role model, of course, you know, when you're young, he's your role model. And he was a man who, I mean, intimacy was the furthest thing from who he was. So I grew up without this idea of what intimacy was, what love was, and what self-love was, both as a human being, as 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 a man. And then I had 21 years old being betrayed, which was, we were both young and naive, I get it. Um, and 25, getting PTSD. So all these things the whole time pushing me into being more isolated, um, more atomized, more focused on achieving goals. You know, it's getting straight A's in university and whatever else, like all achievement. And the reason why I hit a life crisis is because you get to a point where no matter what you achieve, no matter how your body looks, whatever these sort of earthly parameters are, what your job title is, how much money you earn, the house you, you have, these things ultimately mean nothing all that counts is feeling fulfilled. In other words, do you wake up in the morning excited about life? You want to get out of bed and enjoy this day. And what are your relationships like? Do you have deep connected relationships with your friends? Maybe your family, that's a bit tricky. And definitely an intimate connected husband or wife, right? And that again is the skill sets. No one teaches you about intimacy. And this is what absolutely boggles my mind. School, nothing. I mean, we had nothing but intimacy. Now, intimacy, you're right. I studied Tantra for many years, and the first parts of Tantra, classically, of course, are sex, pleasure, uh, tactile, and so forth. All all that is useful, but that is, again, more of an earthly kind of thing, and it definitely helps a relationship. But true intimacy is not sexual or physical, it's emotional, and even spiritual, depending, of course, where you sit in terms of atheism or New Age or religious and so forth. But your connection to other people, I believe, without a doubt, just taking religion out for a minute, it's got to be deeply emotional and deeply spiritual. And I mean that you need to have ways to learn how to be authentic, how to express yourself, how to take the risks, um, how to connect with your heart and not your mind. And in terms of spirit, it's like, it's like energy. That's a nice, safe word to use. We have energy around us. When we meet someone and we straight away feel, this person feels a bit weird to me. I feel uncomfortable. That's the energy you're feeling. I know a psychologist would say it's their body language and their facial expressions and micro-expressions, but I don't, I don't believe that at all because I'm a psychologist. And I know I meet people and immediately I can feel what they're about, sad, happy, uh, threatening, and, and how to approach them, how to be with them. So I believe that intimacy is pretty close to the meaning of life. 
I'm, a better word maybe is love, but love is so vague. I, when people say love yourself more and love others, I, what does this mean? So I would like to break down love into different aspects. And intimacy and love and that way are the same thing. It's the deepest emotional and spiritual intimacy. So part of my journey was getting away from my childhood, my genetics, my brain wiring, my hormone levels, right? Which made me kind of like a man and a way of thinking like a man. And getting away from my cultural conditioning, how society brought me up. You know, uh, my parents, my childhood, if there was any trauma, and there was, abuse, loss, all these things are shaping you, right? The first three to five years of your life are so crucial. So you're trying to overcome these things and rewrite your history, rewrite your life and make better choices. So truly, I'm, at 55, I can say I'm thankful for writing 12 best-selling books. I'm thankful for my education and all these things that are important to me. But right now, I know at 55, that the most important thing in life, the most fulfilling thing in life by any standards, by any measurement, is deep emotional and spiritual intimacy with other people. And in particular, of course, with, for me, my wife, and if you're married to someone, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's incredibly beautiful. Uh, one of the things that for me and my journey I've found, and, and this is kind of the direction I want to step into, is having to face the reality that intimacy only comes through ultimately letting your guard down, the willingness to let people mm -hmm. in, the understanding that the truth that realistically most people are not out to get you. And mm -hmm. I'm really curious about not only in your journey, but in a, in a practical sense, how can folks step into that place of being open to intimacy? All intimacy starts with self-love. And this is the stepping stone. And it sounds like a cliche I get, you know, you've got to love yourself to love other people. And for years, I thought that was a total cliche, but the truth is you need to learn to love yourself. And that means overcoming your childhood traumas, your personal history. If you've been through abuse or loss, it could be being betrayed as an adult. You know, all these things in life are setting you up to make decisions. You come to a crossroads in life that no matter how many bad things happen to you, you have to make a fundamental choice. If you're going to go left or right, are you going to love yourself? or you're not going to love yourself. Now, part of that is a choice. You know, when I was in Tibet, a lama said to me, I thought it was profound. He said to me, you are what you choose to become. And I was like, what about my past, my parents, the things I went through, the loss of my mother, you know, being betrayed and PTSD. And he said, at some point, you have to choose what you want to become. And that was profound to me, right? So self-love is partly a choice. It's partly, as you said earlier, which I thought was beautiful, is looking at yourself in the mirror and accepting who you are. Now, I think that the foundation stone of self-love is self-acceptance, right? And that's a choice you have to make because if you don't accept yourself, it doesn't matter who you're with and no matter what they say to you, how kind, how much I love you, you will still not accept yourself. You've got to start with yourself. So self-acceptance, and I read this in the first book I Am, which it's still the best-selling book of all my 12 books. It's, it's amazing. I said that if you imagine that you're a flower and there are thousands of different flowers, you accept that flower as it is. So let's just say, hypothetically, like, I don't know, I'm a chrysanthemum and you're a rose, right? Now, they're totally different flowers. So I don't want to compare myself to you and say, wow, look at the colors you have and look at the way you're growing and all these different things, I'm going to say, I'm the chrysanthemum. I'm going to accept myself as I am. And you accept who you are. 
So I'm not going to compare and contrast to other flowers. I'm just going to accept myself completely. And accepting yourself means that there's full ownership of who you are. And this is something, again, that I was taught um, by a shaman about total ownership. You see, when we have trauma in life, we often become a victim, which is natural and expected. And it should be like that for a while. You, you feel, poor me, I need help, I need support, I need a therapist, I need friends, whatever. But at some point in life, you can't stay a victim. You have to practice ownership. And ownership to me is more than self-responsibility. It's owning every bit of who you are. In other words, you look in the mirror, not just owning your physical attributes, your race, your color, your gender, your sexual orientation. It's owning your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, owning the person looking out through these eyes. Because you're not just your body. You're an inner person inside, which is beautiful and special and has never been damaged. So this acceptance is the absolute acceptance of who you are. And no more compare, contrast. Stay away from magazines and social media if you have to. You know, there's so much in this world that's trying to tell us to be something else. You should be an action hero. You need to have rippling muscles. If you're a woman, you have to have sexy curves. It's always more and more and more and more. And those things don't help us. There's so many things I'd like to say here. One of the most profound things I was taught by a Tantra master is that you are not your body. And I know some of you might think, wow, that's a bit esoteric for me and so on. But I'd like you to think about this. When you see a car driving by, there's somebody driving that car. And what's more important, the car or the driver? So if you imagine that your body is like a car that you have, and you have one car for this entire journey of life. And the car comes in different brands, sizes, models, shapes, colors. That's okay. There's thousands of different kind of cars. When we meet someone, we shouldn't care what the car looks like. We care about who's driving the car, right? So when I'm meeting somebody, I don't care about your race, your sexual orientation, your gender, ethnicity. All those things are nonsense and meaningless. I'm interested in who you are driving the car. Who are you as a person? What are your, as you said earlier, which I loved, what are your core values? Because your core values define who you are and they define how you interact with other people. And when you have what I call healthy core values, you are on the road to self-acceptance and self-love. And we can talk about this in more detail as we go along. Yeah, I mean, that's incredibly profound. I, I actually love that analogy. I think that's one of the most beautiful things anyone's ever said on this show because it, it's so true. And, and the reality is when you look at your life and you look at your experience, if you only are ever relegated to this idea of this physical presence as the thing that determines your value, yeah. you're in trouble. And, Super trouble, yeah. And I played that game for a long fucking time, man. It was like <laughs> money, cars, clothes. Like you hear this all the time. But one of the things that I, I, I wish we could change was the fact that until someone actually experiences this, mm -hmm. it doesn't shift. And, you know, because I, I think for myself and obviously hearing it in your story, it really took that moment of reckoning where I was like, wait a second this car doesn't fulfill me. These clothes don't fulfill me. This stuff yeah. doesn't make me feel yeah. like a good person. Exactly. One of the things I'm curious about is when, when you are driven, when you do want to be successful mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. idea about acknowledging self and having acceptance mm -hmm. where, it, or I guess I would phrase it like this. Is there a reconciliation of realizing that it doesn't matter about what you actually accomplish as long as you move forward and that being the acceptance? Because I, I think about for myself, I'll, I'll make this about me for a moment because I literally don't have a better way to phrase this. Mm -hmm. I want to have success. 
but mm-hmm. I don't want to be my success. So how do you navigate that when you're trying to build into what is the next phase of your life? I think you need to understand that like there are core values, there are core drivers and all of us have the same core drivers. So if you think of success, not as success, but as growth, we all have this need for growth. It's just built into us. You reach a certain point in life and you feel like, okay, I've done that. What's next? And that's okay. It's okay to keep growing, getting more challenges, achieving more in life, finding out your full potential. I mean, it's part of the excitement of life and that's okay. So I am now more interested in growing and expressing more of who I am and finding out more of who I am and who I can become and how can I affect other people's lives? How can I make a bigger impact on the world? How can I leave a more beautiful footprint? So I think more of, of, of growth as opposed to success. So, because success means nothing. What, is it, what does it mean? You know, when you go on social media and you post some post on Facebook, you might get 10 people saying like, wow, it's amazing. Then 10 people like crap all over you. And then 10 people insult you. It's all meaningless. Everyone's got their own measuring sticks and their own parameters, and it means nothing. All that counts is that you are doing what you're meant to do. Your passion and your purpose, finding your deepest inner fulfillment. And part of that is stretching yourself continually as much as you want to. And sometimes we just stop and say, right, I'm done for a while. Maybe I'll take two years and just stay where I am and trade water, and that's fine too. So there's this balance between growth and fulfillment, and they're both important drivers. They're both spiritual drivers. So if you think of spiritual motivation instead of maybe earthly motivation, then you kind of get more on, on track in life. You know, and this is why I'm trying to bring things a whole whole time back to what I call spiritual core values, not getting into religion or new ageism, just what is life really about? So that's for me is the drivers. And I hope it answered your question. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me because sure. when I and I think again, this word success is so subjective to each individual person <laughs> yeah. because for, for me, success is very simple. I want to end generational trauma in my lifetime through education and information. Wow. Not, not money, not cars, not clothes, yeah. none of those yeah. things. Exactly. It, it's, it's me trying to move towards creating something that I feel called to every single day. And, and I hope that people will be willing to give themselves the space to even acknowledge big, grandiose, scary ideas. Because I think we get so ingrained with this idea that we're not capable, we're not good enough, we're not strong enough. And, and it's just like determined by who, right? And, sure. and, my, and my hope is that more people will have the willingness to step into this. When, when you think about this journey for yourself and you look at the impact that you've had on, on the lives of thousands of people and Mm -hmm. all these incredible experiences of shift and change that you've been able to be a a proctor for, Mm -hmm. what do you think is, or is there a commonality that you see amongst people who have a shift from where they are into who it is that they become? I guess you could call these kind of macro thoughts. You know, we have all these stepping stone thoughts in life, and that's part of our journey. And human beings struggle to make a revolution. They're more about slowly, slowly changing. It's what I call evolution. And it's kind of natural in the way most people change. But at some point, you could make a revolution by changing master thoughts in your mind. So one of the master thoughts I mentioned earlier is what a Tibetan Lama said to me. He said, you choose what you want to become. And that kind of blew my mind because I thought that I've got all these background issues and personal history issues and this is who i am right physical conditioning genetics hormones emotional things childhood society culture media all the things i mentioned kind of shaped who i am in the first three to five years and longer 
And he said, no, choose who you want to become. So here's a beautiful lesson, and I'll try to answer the whole question as much as I can. He said to me, I want you to think about your core values. Now, your core values are your principles, your beliefs, your internal motivators. These are the things that describe how you feel about yourself and how you interact with other people and the world. So these things are absolutely fundamental. In other words, your body is like whatever, your mind is whatever. It's your core values that dictate kind of who you are and dictate how your life will manifest. And he said, and if anyone's listening, do this exercise at home. Get a piece of paper or a journal or a diary and write down your core values. For example, my core values now are obviously very positive. Like I'm loyal, I'm honest, I'm respectful. Those are my core values. I'm also driven and I also enjoy growth. So you write down your core values and then you write down how these values are serving you. How do they make you feel inside? Do they make you more connected to other people? Do they promote intimacy? Or do they make you isolated, alone, standoffish, and not trusting other people? Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show. But I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. And also how are these values affecting your career and your romantic relationships? After you've done that, and this is the best part, he says, lay down on a bed and imagine that you are in the last hours of your life. It's called the deathbed exercise. And then look back over your life. Now imagine you're really dying, right? You've got just hours to live. Look back over your life and ask yourself, what were the sweetest memories? What made my life worthwhile? You know, what, what things jumped out? What were the highlights? Those things will teach you about core values and things that really matter in life and write those down. And then the third step, which is really profound, okay? He said, choose an inspirational hero, whatever it may be. It could be Martin Luther King. It could be Maya Angelou. It could be the Buddha, Jesus, Dalai Lama, whatever you want. It could be, even be a business figure if you want, like, I don't know, Tony Robbins. And look at those people and analyze what their core values are. What drove them? What are the internal motivators? And write those down. Then you take all these positive values that you picked up from the deathbed exercise and from your inspirational hero exercise, write them down, and then you choose values that you want to become part of your life. Now, that is mind-boggling. Instead of saying, oh, my past this and my mom this and my dad and I was betrayed and blah de blah you now stop and just forget about the past and choose the values that you want to live and you appropriate those values. You write them down stick them up in your vision board or your, um, or your diary or whatever, and read those values every single day and act on those values. Even if you feel like you don't trust people, and I went through that for many years, if I say now my new value is I am trusting, doesn't mean you're naive and stupid about things, but I'm trusting people now. I'm going to start practicing that. I'm kind of going to go against who I am. And the amazing thing is when you go to the essence of who you are, which is these core values, and you transform those, you transform your life, you transform your relationships, you transform the way you feel about yourself and your self-love. So I'm not sure if I answered the whole question. I kind of forgotten the original question, but this exercise for me was 
so powerful and so transformative in terms of how I felt about myself and how I created deep intimacy with other people. Yeah, that's, that's really incredible. And I, I think I recall in the beginning of my journey when I really started stepping into this work, I had an early mentor called Brendan Burchard, and he has this concept called live, love, matter. And huh. every single day he asked himself, did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? That's good. And, and that to me feels like that deathbed exercise because yeah. I, I think about that every single day yeah. that this, this human experience is so fleeting and it can be over in a heartbeat. So true. But, but one of the things I, I know is like people are so stuck, man. They're so stuck. <laughs> How do we get unstuck? I know that's a very vague question, but I know you're going to understand what I'm asking. Sure, sure. I mean, there's so many aspects of this. I, I'm a very pragmatic person, very strategic, right? And I'm not interested in just telling people vague concepts. So I've written a, a webinar called The Intimacy Blueprint, which is exactly this, how to take you into radical self-love and profound intimate relationships. And that's obviously my website. But there's a number of exercises you can do. The first one I've mentioned is this, these core values, and that is profound how I can transform your life. Another exercise, and I'm just going to, mentioned a few things that I have found to be incredible for clients and for myself and transforming life. And most of these come from tantric masters and Tibetan lamas and the apex teachers on the planet that are sought out for 10 years. So there's a thing called compassionate curiosity, which I also found to be absolutely incredible. So the way it works is this. If you imagine right now, if you're holding your hands in front of you and you imagine it in your hands right now, there's a tiny kitten or a tiny puppy, right? It takes a bit of imagination, and obviously if anyone's listening, they can close their eyes if they like. So if you look down at your, your hands and you see this kitten or puppy, you, you, you feel that softness, you know? And you, maybe it's purring, and it's tiny, cute faces looking up at you. And when you connect them to this animal, you feel such compassion and love. It's like it just does something inside of you. It's so beautiful. If you put the animal down on the ground and you watch it playing, you kind of look at it with fascinated curiosity. It's so amazing and cute, right? Now, that's an example of how anyone can feel compassion and curiosity. Because if you can do that with a cat or a little dog in your hands or something similar, you can evoke compassion and curiosity. Now, the trick is you go and sit or stand in front of a mirror. You can close on or close off. It makes no difference, right? And what you do is you look at yourself in the mirror like you did to that little puppy or kitten. You look at it with deep compassion, look at yourself, especially the person looking out of your eyes. You look at yourself with this deep compassion, which you can do because you did it with a puppy or kitten, right? And you look at yourself with fascinated curiosity, as if it's the first time you're seeing yourself. It is profound how they can transform your feelings about yourself in terms of self-acceptance, self-love. And as I said, self-love is the core foundation for deep fulfillment and for radical, intimate relationships. So this is an exercise that I get people to do all the time. And if you cast your mind back <laughs> to probably not you and me, but other people who have got little children, if you look at a child who's brought up in a happy childhood with good parents, a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, look at them staring at themselves in a mirror. They are loving themselves. It's so natural because we are built to love ourselves. We're built to love other people. Now, you and I have a difficult backgrounds in childhood. So we probably don't know what it feels like. But if you look at a, a child like that, who's had a good childhood, 
they look in the mirror and they love themselves. They don't have these negative thoughts and judgments or feelings like I'm broken, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy of being loved, I'm not enough, because those things are not natural. That is all because of a lack of love that we didn't get and therefore a lack of self-love. So when we practice exercises in front of the mirror, and again, accepting and looking at with compassion and curiosity, our bodies, because it's important, we have bodies, but most importantly, our minds, our emotions, and the person looking out from these eyes, we can start to create that radical, profound self-love. Some people who've had difficult childhoods have what I call a critical internal voice. And again, that's totally unnatural. A young child looking in a mirror would never have a critical internal voice. And some of us have this horrible voice that breaks us down and berates us and criticizes us. And so one of the exercises I do for clients, I say to them, right, get a piece of paper and listen to this critical internal voice. Not about what it's saying, but who is saying it, because it's not you. That's not natural. A critical internal voice is not you. It came from someone else. And you take time, introspective, maybe meditate and think about who this voice is from. Is it from your mom, your dad? Where did this come from? I promise you it's not your own voice because a, a, a child with a good uh, childhood, like I said, looking in the mirror, has no critical internal voice. It's totally unnatural. And then, and again, these are important strategic things. One of it's going backwards and looking at where it came from and who it is. And the second thing is then creating these affirmations. Once you've done that, brought it up to the surface, you start to think of these kind of affirmations. And I love writing affirmations down. They're so important. If anyone's listening to this right now, get a vision board. They are so important. Stick a vision board up in your office, your bedroom. I don't care where it is. And that's where you're going to put up all your visions of who you want to be, who you choose to become, your affirmations. So one of the most beautiful affirmations for me is this. Be your own best friend. Now, if you've got a critical internal voice, you're like a bully to yourself. And we hate bullies, right? So an affirmation to put up there after you've analyzed who the critical voice is, because it's not you, Stick the affirmation up there, be my own best friend. And the second affirmation, which I love, is this. Be my number one fan and cheerleader. Because if I don't do it, who's going to do it? So these are all solid exercises that you can do. Always going back to the past a bit and looking where things come from, and then changing things through different exercises and affirmations. And that is changing, changing, changing. Now, I want to make something really clear. And I struggled with this for a long time. We have this idea that self-love is either completely absent, which you and I probably felt like in our childhoods, or it's totally present. But self-love doesn't go from naught to 100. And this is where people go wrong. They're always struggling to feel like, well, do I have all the self-love yet? Is it, am I self-loving? Do I love other people? I prefer people to think of it as a gradual process. It goes from maybe naught to 100, but it's very slow and steady. And you can't really measure it. It's more intuitive, right? So what I like to do is tell people, take their hands, put them on their chest or their heart and feel what the self-love feels like. And if you're doing intuitively, you might say, well, I feel like I've got about quarter, half love, a quarter or half self-love or maybe a percentage, 30%. And my goal is every week and every month to increase the level of self-love inside of me, not to get to a point where I've arrived because how will you know when you've arrived? And if you make this one of your primary goals in life, to just gradually, every week, every month, increase the level of self-love inside of you through various exercises and affirmations and through choosing who you want to become, then gradually you start to affect every part of your life, your career, your relationships, the level of fulfillment you have in life, 
and you start to feel unbroken. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. And I think about so much of how this process really truly does begin with like self-talk with the words in your yeah. mind. And, yeah. and I, I preach this from the pulpit all the time. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe in yourself, who's going to, mm -hmm. and it really, really truly starts with you. And yeah. one of the things that I think Stephen, that has felt very true in this conversation mm -hmm. is a word that I'm going to use called vulnerability. Oh, and, yeah. and I think it's a word that people desperately fear. And I have come to find that, in fact, it's probably the most empowering word in the English dictionary. Yeah. And, and I would love for you to talk about the role that that has played in your life and how we can help people step into being more vulnerable, because I know they're going to hear a lot of what we said. And sure. the practicality here has always mm. felt to me like without vulnerability, there's a huge gap there. And so I'd love for you to talk about that. Okay. The absolute majority of fulfillment comes from intimate relationships. And I want people to think about this. Human beings are primed for belonging, connection, and intimacy. So if you have a bad childhood or you're driven by goals and success the whole time, you're not understanding these fundamental core needs that all people have. All people have these. If you do not get your belonging, connection, and intimacy needs met, you naturally start to feel more anxious and depressed. And the absolute majority of Anxiety and depression on this planet, which affects at least 20% of people all the time, comes from not having good relationship skills and self-love. So this all goes round and round the whole time. I've completely forgotten what your question was now. <laughs> yeah, I was asking about vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Vulnerability. So when we bear in mind that the, one of the core things that we need, no matter who we are, no matter what our culture is, nothing, is this need for belonging, connection, and intimacy. We cannot have that unless we do two things. One is learning how to be authentic. In other words, expressing who we truly are. And secondly, being vulnerable. And vulnerability is nothing more than letting go of the barriers and letting people have a look at who you are. Now, bear in mind, in order you to feel like life is meaningful and purposeful and beautiful and spectacular, you have to have belonging, connection, and intimacy. But you cannot have those unless you are willing to be authentic and vulnerable. And you can't have those unless you've worked on your self-love. So really, the stepping stone was self-love. Because for years, I couldn't open myself up to other people. Whether it was because of PTSD, I didn't trust other people, I'd been betrayed in, a, in my first marriage, everything I'd been through in life. And I actually ended up being so empty and unfulfilled and alone. It was driving me absolutely crazy. And it's great to earn money and have you know a house on the beach and all these beautiful things. But <laughs> what is life about if you don't have this deep inner fulfillment, right? So you've got to start with the self-love. And there's obviously a multitude of different practical exercises that I've mentioned already in the, in the intimacy blueprint on my website. But you start off with self-love. And as I said, it's a gradual process you're working on. And some of it's a conscious intention, a risk. You know, the real question I ask myself, which helped me a lot, is if I'm vulnerable and open with someone else, what's the worst that can happen to me? And normally, it's nothing. I mean, it's hilarious, really. The, the things we put in our mind because of low self-esteem or low self-worth or lack of self-love, the truth is everyone on the planet has the same core values and drivers in terms of wanting to connect and be intimate. They might be lost and confused like probably we were in our childhood, but underneath it all, we all want the same things. We want intimacy and intimacy is probably, it seems to, I think, be the core word of this whole conversation because 
spiritual and emotional intimacy, which obviously leads to sexual intimacy, which is spectacular, is the most important thing in life. And I'm saying this as someone who has achieved great goals, who's written the best any books. You know, if I had achieved nothing and I was just going on about love, that wouldn't really be a good selling point. But I have achieved a lot of things in life. And I can tell you now that of everything I've achieved, there's nothing greater than intimacy. And as we said, spiritual, emotional intimacy. But it always starts with this thing of take the risks. Now, I want to put a caveat in here. This is really important. Especially when you're learning to be more authentic and vulnerable. That's a practice and you're taking risks. Just because you want to be authentic and vulnerable doesn't mean you must be authentic and vulnerable with every single person, right? Yes, thank you. And this is important. So I always tell people, choose the right environment. In other words, make sure that the people that surround you are not wounded, toxic people in dysfunctional relationships. Now, two things. If you are broken, unlovable, have a bad childhood, unfortunately, you tend to choose dysfunctional people that reinforce that negative emotion inside of you. It's, it's a habit we do because the, the brain looks for familiarity and safety. So we try to choose things we know, which unfortunately is toxic wounded people, right? And the second thing is if you're someone like yourself and me who's got a great compassion and a drive to help other people, we often think to ourselves, okay, I'm going to get involved with this person who really loves them and help them. But the truth is we do want to help other people, but you need to take care of yourself first especially if you're still growing in your self-love, growing in your authenticity, growing in your vulnerability. So my recommendation is, as compassionate and loving and sensitive as a person may be, is get rid of toxic, wounded people around you because they will only bring you down, reinforce your own damage and your own wounds and not help your life in any way, shape or form. It's not your job to love other people and save other people, right? First is get yourself right. Get yourself strong, healed, full of self-love. And then if you want to, you can go and help people. Sure, that's fine. And again, then you still have to have the right kind of tools. So it's so important this. You know, we speak about doing things by yourself and, and doing these exercises and so on, but we're not living in a vacuum. I think it's crucial that the five or six people that hang around you the most, because we always have a small group of people that are, we hang around the most, you'll become like these people. So do you want to hang around people who are super judgmental? You're always criticizing other people's clothes or hairstyles or uh, bringing you down or telling you you can't do things or being toxic people or being in dysfunctional relationships or cheating on their partners. That is going to harm you and bring you down in the long run. So absolutely get rid of those people. And I know maybe some people listening think, wow, that's not very loving. Let me tell you, sometimes being selfish is the most loving thing you can do. So I believe firmly that you need to surround yourself by five or six core people who are supportive who are kind and who are inspirational. And that way, your whole group, your little tribe, can gradually bring themselves up higher and higher and higher. And that goes back to what you said earlier about success and growth. When you have people around you who are supportive and kind, they won't just help you, your emotions and your self-love. They will help you in life. When you say, I've got a dream, they'll say, go for it. You can do it. Because the truth is, there are no limits. We may have a couple of genetic limits. Sure, I, I can't run 100 meters in five seconds. I don't think anyone can actually, <laughs> but genetics is a certain limitation. But apart from a little bit of genetics, you can pretty much do anything you set your mind to. And the worst thing is for someone around you to say, no, you can't. No, you can't write the book. You can't have a podcast. You can't do this. You can't help people. So I believe in the power of self-choice. You can become anything you want to become, but it's equally important that you surround yourself by what I call a tribe. A tribe could be five people, could be 50. I don't care. 
Make sure that tribe is not toxic, is not wounded. They don't have to be perfect. No one's perfect, right? But find people who they've got the drive to be more loving, more kind, more caring, more supportive, more inspirational. And that emotional ambience will drive you into the next level of your life. Brilliantly said. And I could not agree more. And even though it's difficult, and even though we have these moments in which we feel like we're not being a good person when we choose ourselves, which is an embedded and indoctrinated idea that sure. you have to be able to work through. Ultimately, it is one of the greatest things that you ever, ever, ever do for yourself. Sure. Stephen, my friend, this conversation has been absolutely incredible. Before I ask you my last question, can you please tell everyone where they can find you? My website is I am stephenshaw.com. I'm sure you'll have a link somewhere. Stephen is spelled with a PH, or you can see it on the screen anyway. So just go and type I am stephenshaw.com and you should find all 12 books. Some of them are focused on spirituality, some on self-love, some on intimate relationships. They kind of cover the whole spectrum of, of making your life better. And then I've got the Intimacy Blueprint webinar, um, which people can join and they can learn everything that I've learned through all these decades about profound self-love and profound intimate relationships and feeling this deep fulfillment inside. So that's it. Brilliant. And of course, we will put the link in the notes for the sure. audience. My last question for you, my friend, mm -hmm. what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Wow. That's been decades in the making. And as I said, it's a gradual process. And I want people to know that you don't just switch a light overnight and change. This is a mixture of surrounding yourself with people who are not toxic, not wounded, to people who support and, and inspire you, making better choices in life, better relationships, increasing your self-love and so forth, and various exercises. Where I'm sitting today, to answer your question succinctly, is I feel I wake up every day in this feeling of a, a cocoon of warmth and joy and peace. And that is so far from my 20s and 30s, <laughs> my childhood. And you can achieve more coming from this place of wholeness and self-love than you can from a place of brokenness, which is quite surprising because I thought I justified my life thinking, well, the brokenness made me driven to achieve. The truth is I'm achieving more now and more beautiful things now. And I've also attracted into my life the most important thing in my life personally. I got married a year ago to an incredible woman, a woman who is worthy of me and I'm worthy of her. And that is because we both have worked on this profound self-love. By the time we met each other, we were in this beautiful place. And two people who have profound self-love and kindness create a marriage that is off the charts. So I'm encouraging anyone out there, if you think you can't have a relationship with your dreams, you can. I got mine at 54. I mean, amazing, right? 54 years old, you think, oh, it's kind of over, but it's not. And we have the most profound, beautiful, drama-free, stress-free life a relationship that is beyond anything I imagined. So it can happen, but it comes down to this culmination of, of different things of self-love, self-acceptance and so forth. So um, if you're out there listening, just know that anybody can make these changes. Anybody can increase their self-love. Anyone can attract the most beautiful relationships in life. And anyone can reach a state of deep peace, love and fulfillment. Anyone can do this. Agreed. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya.
We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends, and until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.